Yeah. But yeah, that is that is the show structure today. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> well, you I should have said it when I asked who bad. fucking liked it. And now we're starting to I just show. always agree to things. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, sitting to my right. James Odell, Alpha Spectre. And right across the table from me. Bob Collins, Baba Fetz. Unfortunately, Dr. T. Neal will not be joining us tonight. But where you can join us is on our Sort of My Brand page or our news page, Sort of My Comics on Facebook. Subscribe to Sort of My Brand on YouTube and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. You've got to be listening to this somewhere. While here, why not like, comment, and most importantly, share. It is the only way to get us out in front of people and of course all our personal social media is down in the description below boys we have been busy lately have we not holy shit we've been busy i don't <laughs> yeah. know if we can talk about what we've been no, so well busy no about. We, we uh we can't really go into much details we're talking about some rebranding we're talking about uh a few events coming up uh i i think we talked a little bit about what we've been talking about in the last episode see i I don't, we didn't name any names, but I don't I don't know what all we actually dropped information wise. Well, we, uh, uh, one of the things I'm talking about is the the fundraiser that we're going to be doing. Coming we up. we did talk about that. We we've kind of worked more on that. And I can I, um, I think we could say no. We can't even say where it's going to be or when it's going to happen because I haven't sent that email yet. But no. <laughs> yeah. but uh, what what we can say is that. We officially have a sponsorship. Can't really. Uh, yeah, we can't elaborate on. We can't elaborate on it, but we we officially have a sponsor. Uh, if you guys, hopefully, in the next episode, we can actually elaborate. I I believe hopefully by then we we've gotten the return email. They've gotten to back to us and been like, "Here's your schedule for Mm -hmm. interviews, which we're going to be doing on an official capacity." It's pretty much ironing out details. Yeah, we're out. we're we're in the the ironing stage. So there's a juicy bit of information for you guys to make sure you tune into the next episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, to find out exactly what's going on. And of course, where... watch the sort of my comics Facebook page. Oh, absolutely, because it's going to go on there for sure. But yeah, we're uh, we're also going to start going live. I think we can talk about that yeah. now. We're going to start doing these podcasts live. We didn't with this one because there's still a little bit of stuff we have to figure out for it. But uh, that's mostly on my end on the tech side and figuring out uh, where we want to record it well, in not only the that, sort of my studios. But... Not only that, but I think it's also something you have to handle yourself of stumbling over your words. Well, yeah. And I think I'm going to do a lot better. I'm not drinking. I'm officially announcing I'm not drinking as much on this podcast. I've got the, <laughs> as the tiniest, much? I got the tiniest little bit of whiskey sitting off to the side here. It's not going to be four or five beers during the it's course of a full gallon. It's only a half gallon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we jump into the news here? Uh, what have you guys been up to? Bob, you haven't been here. No, I just do no. guest appearances from time to time. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've been reading. A lot, actually. Oh, yeah? uh, a little bit of new stuff. Mainly a lot of, like, I have a lot of, like, hardcovers and trades and stuff, especially from Lexington or, you know, Oda will hook me oh, up with yeah. some stuff that he gets in a big bundle pack and he has multiples of. Uh, I'm in the middle of reading Grant Morrison's Batman R.I.P. About Good to start, yeah, about to start Morrison's uh, run on Animal Man, which I've always heard great things about. I'm uh, White Knight, 
Batman White Knight's great. <laughs> Which, so good. I still gotta start working Man, it. Man. I've got an, an issue and three pages in. <laughs> it's it's, it's alright. It's okay. Yeah. It's I mean, I'm saying it's alright. It's okay that you haven't read it. The story, fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely it's one fantastic. of those stories. It's uh, like Klaus. Once you finally get around to reading it, you're gonna kick yourself for not reading it sooner. Well... He, I understand why he didn't want to read Klaus right away because he too. wanted to keep it. With I the had season. I had a uh, yes. system I wanted to do it in. <laughs> and, and very that pedantic. Should, that, like that should that. be a Christmas tradition from here on out. We just read Klaus. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Since I'm the one who picks up your comics for you, I should just hold your comics ransom <laughs> until you read one. Until you read. No, because issue 1000 is about to come out. I swear to God. I will, I mean, storm, already... I will storm Castle Odal if that, if that happens. They won't be at Castle Odal. They'll be hidden in a strategic location. You'll have moved it. Oh, God. There's, there'll be a storage container somewhere off the coast of fucking Panama or something. Uh, other than that, I've been I've been watching Supernatural. I've been watching... Yeah. I'm still trying to fucking get through Jessica Jones. I just haven't... I just can't get the time. It's not that Yeah, it's... I've been watching it, too. It, um, I, I put it off to get caught up on other shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because it's there. It's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to worry um, about it. But also, yeah. just started this really cool like South Korean horror show. That's on Netflix called Black. Yeah, you were posting yeah. about that, Dude, weren't it's, you? Yeah. So far, it's really good. But I'm only like one episode in, and there's like <laughs> 18 episodes, and they're anywhere from like an hour and a half to two hours long. Like, it's insane. Dude. <laughs> um, I, I love South Korean horror now. Ever, ever since Train to Busan, still haven't watched it. I, I it's it's on the list. North it's Korean horror. A lot of fucking things. North on Korean horror is a little too real world. Well, it was good getting updated on you, Bob. But uh, let's go ahead and update on some stories that we've covered in the past few episodes. Just real quick, because we did talk about the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the character descriptions a few episodes back. Go check that out. I think it was like 33, 34, something Something like like that. that. But uh, we we finally got the trailer for this thing, and uh, cringe worthy trailer. Yeah, and yep, it's definitely. Teen Titans Go. It's, it's yeah, simply TMNT it, yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, uh, there, there's a few small details. I'm like, that's interesting. Which is like, each one of the turtles are a different species of turtle. Eh. Uh, they've they've changed the weapons a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that. I noticed it a little bit, but it, it like... I mean, I get it. They're trying to do something new. And this is mm-hmm. what we said. We're not going to harp on this too much because this is what we said in the last one. They're yeah. trying to diversify it, which is... Fine, they're trying to change yeah. it up, making Raph the leader, which I don't know. And, and kind of jokey but, and laid back. I'm not digging it. Yeah, and I, I I don't like how I don't like how they're not very well trained because yeah. they're they're buffoons yeah. in this trailer. Is what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. to, John Cena yeah. says so. Yeah, <laughs> if John Cena says, <laughs> sixteen time uh, WWE champion says it, you know, must be true. It has to be true. But uh, yeah, I I just I really. Don't dig this. I don't think I'm going to check it out. Uh, I can't believe they got rid of that wonderful, great show. Yeah. And that's one thing I was saying off mic was, why, why, why get rid of a show that right? has a huge following, huge fan base, and apparently, and I've only seen episodes here and there, but especially from what you've said, yeah, is a great show, great storyline. I like... started buying the DVDs for my son because he started getting into Ninja Turtles, a little low grade, not as mm-hmm. much as I prefer, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> started buying them. And then I started watching them with him. It quickly became one of my favorite fucking yeah. cartoons on TV at the time, and I love it well, so I mean, good. Like we like we just said, look at what they did with Teen Titans. Teen Titans was all yeah. around yeah. wonderful show. It was an amazing show. And then they turn around and put out Teen Titans Go Pizza and Fart Jokes. And that's well, really and that, what it is. And, and that's pie. a little I mean, different. That's, 
And don't get me wrong, like Teen Titans Go, I've come to appreciate little things about it. I'm like, I, I okay, I, I see the audience they're going for because you look at anything else on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, it's, it's all stupid. the same stupid shit. So okay, I see they're they're looking at dollar signs, yeah. but and, and 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 I said it, I think before on a way early podcast. There's little Easter eggs in the backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, like there's little things I grow to appreciate, like they had Carrie Kelly on an episode here and there. But all in all. I would get rid of every fucking bit of that for one more episode of the original Teen Titans. Exactly. Oh, and at least with those two, there was uh, a little bit of a gap in between. But with this, they're immediately switching yeah, gears. The show ended goes. not too long ago, and then boom. Now they announced this before the other show was canceled. Yeah. yeah. Right. I just I don't see the point. Yeah. There, there really is no point. But there is finally a point for me to get YouTube read. And I swear, I'm 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 gonna be getting YouTube Red. I made the decision today just for this. The new Cobra Kai trailer is out. And I know, I know, I know. We we talked about the new Cobra Kai trailer in the last one, but this is a full trailer. This actually gives us some idea of what we're getting into, and I'm sold. I am like I have been very reluctant about this. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the Karate Kid movies. Same. I have enjoyed them. I I still remember watching them for the first time. Obviously, not when they first came out. Yeah. But the first time I watched them, I'm like, I want to be that. I want to be that. I can wax yeah. on and wax off. I can, I can do, do that. Right? Like, yeah. I want a Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> but here here we are. We're older and all that. And this comes along. I'm like, another remake. Another yeah, another rehashing of something I used to love that's just going to be meh at best. It's going to be disappointing. And then yeah. this trailer comes out, and I'm 100% on board. And I love how this this furthers the role reversal. We talked a little mm-hmm. bit about yeah. that in the last episode. But this one does a much better job of painting Danny as the protagonist. They they make him an asshole, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, we said this off mic as well. He kind of has always been that way. Oh no! I was just making. I was oh just no! I, a I've always, joke I've out. always felt the fact that like, really? yeah, yeah, I have. Well, I thought he was whiny and it needed to be put in his place, but I feel like after Mr. Miyagi did that, he leveled out and he he became a little yeah. more level headed. And you definitely see that in in part two, uh, Karate Kid two. I, I, yeah. I, Karate Kid one is the only one that really matters to me. I I watched Karate Kid two multiple two. times. I love two, but it just felt like. I don't know. It just didn't feel the same to me, even at that age. And yeah. then you have Karate Kid Three. Three and sucks, then, and yeah. I, I think well, the next Karate Kid is better. That's than the people one with give the chick, right? Yeah, yeah. See, I enjoyed that one because I think it's better than people give it credit for. But yeah, it's it not is. great. Yeah. But yeah, going back to what you're saying, I love the fact that the the roles yeah. have switched in this, and I think it, it's it's going to get a little deeper too because uh, obviously you see it starts out Danny's just a dick. But yeah. I think what's going to happen is that after Johnny has his little Miyagi moment where he beats up these kids or beating up this nerd, yeah. it, it, he's Danny's going to see that as Johnny's the bad guy. So maybe he's going to start seeing what he's doing is the right thing to do. But ultimately, he's just blinded by hubris and what he thinks is right. He's still the asshole. Well, and just in this trailer, like, I can honestly look at things from both sides, like from both of their perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, one thing I wanted to, to point out is uh, it looks like the Cobra Kai students are your typical Cobra Kai students, 
bunch of misfits, yeah. a bunch of yeah. like modge podge of uh, downtrodden losers, which I can get on board with. I love that eighties. Did Did you catch the the skeleton costume? Yes, the skeleton nice costume. Nice callback. Uh, like I, I'm really excited to find out how that comes about. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, now, was that the main kid? Uh, the kid he saves from the bullies, or it was that like, Billy Zabka? No, it looked like that yeah. was the main kid. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought he was a little too skinny to be Billy Zabka, but, <laughs> you know, uh, dude's filled out a little bit yeah. over the years. But That chorus is taking, taking a toll on him. Right. <laughs> uh, now, another cool thing that they're going to be doing for this is uh, in over yeah. 700 theaters, um, I think it's April 25th that, mm-hmm. that it's coming out, they're going to be showing the first movie again and the first two first episodes, two episodes yeah. of this. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's Thank a really cool way. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want to grab tickets for that, those are actually on sale this coming Friday. So I would, I would definitely I bet grab Ashland participants. Actually, in that. no, uh, they went on sale this last Friday. Yeah. So this last, so get would, them now. I'd, I'd be down to go watch it if, if Ashland does wind up. They uh, usually participate it, in little things like that. Yeah, I yeah. think it's on a Wednesday. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, we won't yeah, be able I don't to do think that. we could do no. that one. No. But that would be cool. If it's not on a Wednesday, we should totally do that. But if uh, you can do that on a Wednesday, I'd say grab your tickets now. Get it done now because they're, they've been out for a few days. Okay, so moving on from this, let's go ahead and dig into this uh, group photo of a movie we're never going to get. Did you guys, did you guys see this? I, okay, I saw it before I even knew you know it was going to be a topic. About? Yeah. But the only place I've seen it on was CBR, and I haven't been able to like enlarge the photo or anything. So I haven't really been able to, be able to see it in detail okay. whatsoever. Well, I've got it here. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and check this out. And uh, what photo are we talking about, Vincent? We are talking about the group costume photo from a movie from back in 2008 called Justice League Mortal. Uh, this was supposed to capitalize, I think, on uh, Superman Returns and, and whatnot, even though they were doing recasting across the board. But uh, in this photo, uh, you see the costume that would have been given to uh, DJ uh, Cotrona, I the, think. The Superman? Cotrona, yeah. yeah. He was a Puerto Rican dude that actually, he looked really good for the part. Yeah, I mean, I looked up photos of Yeah, there are other photos back. of him in, in the costume. Oh, is doing, it? Yeah, I costume test. But uh, the only actual cast member in this photo is Megan Gale as, as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can see here, well, well we've got Batman. Which um, would have been Army Hammer. Which I would, yep, would have been Army I Hammer. I think it would have been a good Batman. And uh, I'm digging this uh, kind of armor-plated look here. They've got the elongated ears, which was an interesting like choice. The, uh, the Superman is very interesting because they've foregone the underwear, and they mm. went blue boots, very similar to what recently happened in the comic books, uh, where it was blue boots with the red lining. I don't like it. Uh, no, Just, I, like, I didn't like that it needs costume a little, in the it comics needs a little either, red. But... It needs a little red. Uh, but it, it is very interesting, and uh, the S is actually connected to the cape this time around, too. Oh. Yeah, kind of, um, they had these DC action heroes toys yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah exactly it looks very similar to that. Huh. Uh, Flash is pretty cut and dry. He kind of looks like special. the 90s show Flash, just from this picture. Yeah, here. a little bit, less bulky, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Aquaman is, again, pretty cut and dry, a little similar to uh, what we've with got the, now. With the hook hand? With the Oh, no, I didn't even notice that hook head. Yeah, yep. Granny, he doesn't have the beard from that same, uh, from the 90s. No, I I was talking more of the, uh, actually, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm not even thinking of a recent movie. I'm thinking of Injustice Gods Among Us, that little shoulder plate thing that they keep putting on him in that game. Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, they could have done something different with that skirt, a little weird. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, the top looks good. The skirt looks like a loincloth. Now, 
All right, let's let's not talk about this one yet. Okay. Let's talk about Green Lantern first. Green Lantern is just disappointing. It's uh, this just was, a this was before the uh, the movie, correct? Before the Green Lantern movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That almost reminds me, like that almost looks like a Sinestro, like just yeah, yeah kind of just the way that his his outfit was. That looks more Sinestro-y than Hal Jordan-y. Yeah. Ultimately, though, it's it's just a leather leotard is all it works yeah. like with, with maybe boots. I don't know. But let's talk about Martian Manhunter. Yeah, you, you brought it up before. What's your problem with Martian Manhunter? Holy shit, look at how deformatively bulky he is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. His yeah. triceps are sticking further out on the back than his biceps are. Right? Have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? No. Okay, yet. well, never mind. He's, he's actually in Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Same director. The pecs also, they look like this combination of stuffed and flabby. They, <laughs> yeah, they do. They, he looks like he has moobs. Yeah. But they look very but firm moobs. like a super ripped six-pack. Yeah. And instead of going conehead shape, they just made his forehead jagged. I don't know what's going on here. Um, the costume itself, the blue cape, the, the collar, all that, that's, that's, yeah. uh, on par. That's good. That's but... what I thought you were complaining about at first. That no, or, no, no, no. That or his height, and I was going to let you know, like, he's kneeling. That's not his height. He's <laughs> yeah, not. Um, Midget Manhunter. Man Ultimately, just like, and, and there's a great, uh, video on YouTube from a channel called Cut Short. I, I highly yes, suggest yes. checking it out. I, I love Cut Where Short. he goes into great detail about what this movie was supposed to be about and stuff. The movie story sounds pretty interesting oh, yeah. it's really cool but looking at these costumes uh, i'm they may i'm have, torn i don't know if they I may have dodged a speeding bullet on yeah this one. uh and really the only reason this thing got put down was because the writer's strike. writer's strike and yeah. also they were they're doing the majority of their filming in australia because they get a hell of a tax yeah, cut yeah, yeah. and then uh apparently either laws changed or something where they would have had to pay a lot more yeah they raised uh, the taxes or yeah. something a I few think. years ago i, I yeah. was on this big kick on like checking out superhero movies that never, never came made. to be and why they didn't come to be. That's why I like that channel so much that you mentioned. Yeah, Cut Short really grabbed my attention yeah. for that. But, yeah, I, I think it's best we probably did not get this one. Well, if we if we would have got this, we wouldn't have the great DCEU that we have now, Vincent. Well, maybe we maybe, maybe <laughs> they should revisit this <laughs> one. Moving along. We took a wrong turn there. Yeah, yeah moving along. Let's, uh, let's talk about... Atari's brand new console. You know that epic gaming company that's I'm been dominating the market for yeah. like what? Eighty. You're talking years? about the you know, you're talking about the nostalgia style T-shirt market. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're that's all. That's really the only know, market that I can think they're, they the, might. Nostalgia's be. like that. That weird uncle at the party. Like <laughs> the one that he's you don't, always you don't drink anything he offers you. Well, and you never sit on his lap. That one. Well, the why the fuck like are we that. gonna watch Cobra Kai? We're, we're talking about his brother. <laughs> We're talking about the one that you know's there, and they're always doing something, but you just never pay attention to them because, you know, they just kind of blend in with everything. You have some weird uncles. Yeah, great great metaphor there, Alpha Spectre. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Atari is actually coming out with a new console uh, titled Atari VCS, and I guess this was actually a feature at last year's E3, Hmm. but it went totally over my head. I never heard anything about it. But, uh, yeah, apparently this thing is going to feature 
four USB ports, an SD card slot, HDMI output. It's going to support original Atari cartridges, but comes preloaded with Atari Classics and is going to have current titles from a range of different studios. Uh, it also boasts two controllers, one similar to an Xbox controller, and the other is more like the classic Atari joystick. And it also supports streaming and social media apps. So, so essentially what it is, is one of those uh, like third-party consoles that you can buy that already come preloaded with all the games, plus have new games, like, plus you can take Kinda, charges, and then they also added in, like... Internet. internet. Well, <laughs> yeah. apparently this thing is kind of falling somewhere in between Valve's failed Steam machines and yeah. the newer NES, SNES classics that have been coming I would have bought a Steam machine if we can get, like, another Half-Life and... Uh, Whoa. Well, that wasn't necessarily the problem with those, but... I don't care. I'll ball one as long as you give me <laughs> those two That was the problem for you. Uh, but it's yeah, a problem. early reviews are actually kind of wondering who the hell this console is for. I mean, it's coming straight from Atari. <laughs> this is coming from the Atari company. And I thought so. Atari got, got bought out. Yeah, I, th um, I, I don't know who owns them right now. I want to say, say Microsoft, yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I... I'm like 90% sure. But yeah, this is mostly going to be like game streaming rather than like, here's the newest Atari game coming out. You're not going to see new cartridges come out for this thing. Aww. Um, it's the only so, reason I would have wanted the VCR or VCS. Or so what do you guys think about this? Like, would you pick it up? Like, is this... Odell probably will. <laughs> Odell probably will because Odell has just about every console that's out. Yeah, that's fair. But it, this, it really depends on the price. Point I think early it. projections are saying like two hundred dollars, two hundred upwards of maybe three, three fifty. No. Okay, for two hundred, possibly, and that's a big possibly. Like I'd put a pre-order on it and make payments on. Depends that on the details of these these yeah. features. Like what? How many sto social media apps? Like what games are going to be downloadable? It, more yeah. more along the lines of like what's going to be downloadable. What is it actually going to be capable of? Because we all have our Netflix and Hulu systems and stuff. Like I watch everything on my PlayStation Four. Like yeah. I don't need this for that, but I do have a shit ton of Atari cartridges, <laughs> and I have yeah. a working Atari console, but. Like, that would be, be that cool. would probably be the biggest uh, like pro for me would be yeah. I have I mean I have Atari cartridges uh, my wife loves old school game consoles so like those would be the only things I'd be like okay that would be it's a maybe yeah but I, like Odell said like Alpha Spectre said uh, price point would be a big fucking thing for me. yeah yeah uh, and you know it's gonna drop down. Oh, obviously. Oh, yeah. like, before it goes out of business, because come on, let's, let's be serious. This isn't Again. sticking around. Yeah. We'd, find them on clear, we'd find them on eBay <laughs> yeah. for like 50 bucks. Before, the, before this goes out, it could be a frivolous buy. Really, only for those moments where you're like, fuck, I really got to play some tank. And then afterwards, <laughs> yes. I want to watch Netflix. And you you could do that all am in I, one console. Am I feeling Pong or Hulu? <laughs> right? Uh, I also have a, a Pong console, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> now, if they bring out a Pong console that also has Hulu... But it's remastered, Pong. But it's remastered. It's all smooth. It's all yeah. Smooth. So, you know what else is real smooth? Hmm? Deadpool. Deadpool's yes. always oh, smooth. Yeah. So, let's, let's talk about this new Deadpool trailer. The one trailer I forgot to have us watch before we started recording. Mm. Did, ever, did everyone yeah. watch yeah. it, though? Oh, I've yeah. watched it, yes. okay. oh, yeah. All right, so uh, we find out uh, that Cable is after the kid, 
Like, well, there's been yeah. some speculation. What's his motivations? Like, who is this kid in general? We still don't know who the kid is, but now we know that the reason he, Cable... He's a mutant of some sort. That's about all yeah, we know. The reason Cable has come back in time is to get this guy. And, um... <laughs> oh, my God. Can I throw a theory out there? Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe it's kind of like a, uh, like a looper type situation where this kid's going to grow up to be... A big bad in the future. Well, that's not Cable really what Looper that. is about, but I get yeah, what you mean. There's definitely, well, which part about Looper? Because there's multiple. <laughs> well, the reason the reason these people get killed, they get sent back in time, is because they were hitmen for these guys, and that worked for who? The big bad that eventually, yeah. you know, that do we got to go over Looper again? <laughs> I think, I think, all right, all right. this has turned, turned into a commoner's commentary for Looper. I'm going to go get the Blu-ray. Ooh, we should. We should. Not this episode, yeah. but we should do a commoner's commentary on um, We'll talk, I'll, okay, yeah. we'll, we'll argue off my We'll argue this. off my gun. But I think he's going to, like, that's, as of right now, that's my theory without knowing anything else is that this kid is going to either be a big bad or he's going to do something that causes a chain of events kind of like in um in uncanny x-force where there's this whole debacle over whether they should kill kid apocalypse or not uh i just wanted to show off my comic chops a little bit there because i knew almost nobody else at the table was gonna know that one i'm not my you have the first book no i I have the i have the both the complete collections oh okay I, I, then I there's no excuse for you not to know that. <laughs> yeah. Me, I just uh, don't read a lot of Marvel. I so. nodded in response. Well, the, he, the, <laughs> the listeners obviously you heard the nod, you Bob. Didn't, you didn't nod loud enough. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. But, <laughs> yeah. And there's so many highlights from this shit again. The, yeah. the high heels. I <laughs> love the high heels. The high heels. Uh, how he's rounding up all the gluten in the world so it yeah. can't not hurt us anymore. <laughs> um the ass grab. Uh, you, I think uh, you brought this up, uh, like the first trailer that came out or something. Someone brought it up. I know that, but I didn't catch it the first time. Got to see it in this time when he grabs Kate or. Didn't grab her. Out. Uh, oh, I gotta finish it now. Rosario Dawson. Nope. Nope. That's not nice. The taxi driver. <laughs> no, not Defender. Uh, the... Colossus. When he oh, grabs yeah, Colossus' oh, yeah, yeah. ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all I'm like, going to blind Al next. And the, then... uh, the wheelies. Or, uh, the... Heelys? No, no, no. The uh, donuts that he's doing in oh, uh, Professor oh, okay. X's chair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so many good parts. Uh, um, I definitely check this one out. I saw a behind-the-scenes photo. You said you saw it in the trailer about a costume change. Oh, no. They're, they straight it's up in the show trailer? the costume in the trailer. No, 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 I know what you're talking about because I thought this too and I've watched the trailer like five or six times just trying to write notes and shit on it. I think he, you can see red specking through that. I think he's covered in dust. Oh, no, 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 duct tape. Because I know that there's a part, some part where he starts like covering up, like he starts. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, there is something in there like that. He starts putting uh, duct tape over like bullets. I don't know if it's, stuff. is it in this trailer? I don't know. I don't think it's in this trailer. But... Paul's bringing the trailer up. He's got to bring up. God damn it! Now that now that we watched the trailer again, and Odo was wrong. Yes. <laughs> but can you understand the one where he was yeah. sitting up? We couldn't see the bottom half of his suit, where it's all gray. No, He's but that's, covered shit. That's what I was telling you. He's definitely covered in dust. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because especially that earlier part where like we hadn't noticed that he was covered in dust, but mm-hmm. you pointed that out. Uh, those are uh, that's obviously from the same scene. Yeah, yeah. But like, you, you got to think. I was watching it on my phone. The brightness was no down. Excuse. No, I'm excuse. Like, no excuse. No excuse, Edel. Hey, fuck you. Eagle eyes. 
Hey, Have them out all the time. I get a pass. <laughs> Fuck you. Six million dollar man. It's like going to work on everything. You guys start picking everything until this is over with. I've already told him it could be like <laughs> 10 years down the road. Podcast is over. Why were you late to my wedding? Well, in 2008, I did this and I got a pass. Yep. Motherfucker. 18. 2018. <laughs> well. Yeah, he did something back 10 years ago, too. So. Uh, well, something that dates back 10 years ago is Chris Evans as Captain America. Uh, and unfortunately, we are going to see the end of that. Uh, Chris, which makes me sad over a character that yeah. if you would ask me 10 years ago, I wouldn't have gave a fuck about. Well, uh, Mr. Evans confirmed with the New York Times that he has filmed back-to-back appearances for uh, the upcoming Avengers film and fourth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that his contract is up and he's ready to move on. Basically, I'm paraphrasing yeah. for the most part there, but he, he said yeah. he, he wanted to like venture more into directing. Yeah, yeah, and, he uh, did. He had a directorial debut back in 2014. I want to say, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he's he's done it once before. He had a movie come out. Couldn't tell you what it is right now, but I I, yeah. they, I think they listed it in the article, but it, I don't think it was anything that that, that I've heard. Yeah, of. I have yeah, a theory. Yeah. Okay, what's your theory? What's I have your a theory. theory. This merger with Fox is going to go through. And they're going to bring back the oh, Fantastic God, no. Four movies from before <laughs> as part of continuity. And he has to what go back to be Human back. Torch. Wouldn't that be so messed oh, up? They bring fuck. back Jessica Alba. No, because they won't They won't do that because uh, that Obviously. Jessica Alba. Obviously they won't do that. Well, no, here's the one thing. Like, of all the reasons they won't do it, uh, here's the one thing. Jessica they Alba sucks. was uh, the Invisible Woman, right? Yes. Yeah. She was traumatized by these movies. She she almost quit acting over them. Yeah. Really? So there's no way she is ever going to. <laughs> she do wasn't that even again. the worst part about those movies, in no. my opinion. Uh, they, uh, you know, again, uh, more movies that we could talk about off. <laughs> this could be another episode of Commoners Commentary. Uh, they weren't as bad as Fan Four Stick. Let's just say mm. that. Yeah, I've I still yet know. to watch it. They weren't fair. Yeah. Well, don't. You're, you're good. There's <laughs> nothing redeemable. Uh, not even Michael B. Jordan. But uh, yeah, so what do you guys what do you guys think? Who do, more importantly, you know someone's gonna take up the mantle. Who do you want it to be? Do you want it to be Sam Wilson? Or do you want it to be Bucky? Okay, I want me personally, I want it to be Sam Wilson because I feel like he doesn't get enough screen time. Plus I feel he's like he's been with the Captain America franchise from the second movie. Yeah, from yeah, Winter Soldier. Yeah, so not, uh, well, so has Bucky. <laughs> but I well, think, yeah, this is true. Yeah, I think by but, rights, like in the direction they're heading. Bucky's next in line. Yeah, I, I mean, mean if you're looking at continuity in the comics, sure, yeah, but I mean, which... go, looking at it as like Marvel, I would say most likely it'll be Bucky, but I would prefer if it was Sam Wilson because I feel like he just needs a little bit more. In yeah, the he deserves we, more. Yeah, and I feel like especially with Infinity War coming up, we're going to get a lot more Bucky, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And Bucky works great on his own. Just he does. as a Winter he Soldier, does. that's fine. Yeah, like we don't need to screw with that. Plus. When he was Captain America, that was not a popular book. People did not dig that. So, and I read somewhere that uh, this Captain, like Chris Evans in Infinity War, is kind of like MCU's version of Nomad. Yeah, yeah, more or less. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we haven't seen him wield the shield at all. So, no. you know, hashtag wield the shield. Wield the shield. <laughs> hashtag wield. Uh, yeah. But going uh, going back to him leaving. Uh, I've never gave a shit about Captain America prior to the movies. Like, to be completely honest, like, I mean, I knew who he was. Like, I've always kind of had a basic appreciation for any heroes, any and all heroes. Uh, But as far as, I mean, you guys both know that I'm more, I've always been more of a DC guy, whether that's, you know, when I was a child reading up even to now. Uh, Aside from, like, X-Men. Like, I I used to love X-Men. Still love X-Men. 
But Captain America was always like your grandpappy's superhero. Yeah. You know? Uh, Chris Evans made me give a shit and really care for him. And honestly, by this point, I don't know who else could take the mantle of Steve Rogers if they do eventually want to recast if there's any kind and of big universe reboot type deal. I don't know. I, I I think they will. I think they're definitely going to stick someone else. You uh, think they're going to like recast that Steve banner? Rogers? No, not recast. I think that but... if they do want to do any kind of recasting of Steve Rogers, it'll be because of the Infinity Gauntlet. No, I don't. I don't think they're about to reset or anything. I don't think they're no. gonna. I don't think they're gonna DCE use Flashpoint this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I'm with you on the whole Captain America thing. The only two times I've really cared was Civil War in the comics yeah. and Secret Empire, uh, which was very which recent. Is, and yeah, I'll say which is post Chris Evans. Yeah, and uh, and then the movies. That that mm. has really been the only time he stood out to me as a character worth caring about, and it, it is because he's antiquated. Uh, not in a way that Superman is. Superman mm-hmm. is more of a pliable antiquity, uh, whereas Captain America is Captain America is Captain America. You don't you don't yeah. break that mold really, uh, which is what stood out so much about Secret Empire. So, yeah, I, I I'm definitely with you there. Um, what I'm not with though is the fact that there are not going to be any. It is official. There are no uh, MCU TV heroes. That are Which going to be appearing in me out. War. Like, no, even not even ten Coulson. minutes. Five fucking minutes. Yeah. Give me five minutes of like a quick shot of while shit's going on on a big larger scale. Yeah. The little bits that are trickling down, whether it's like pure pandemonium on the streets of Hell's Kitchen and other places in New York. Yeah. You have the Netflix people in there. We're no, doing like a, a big. Coulson's fighting... been alive for fucking what five or six years now. We're doing Come like on. a big fighting montage or something. You just swoop through real quick and you see Daredevil like taking down some fucking. Uh, Chitari or something. You know, who, I don't, How like, I don't awesome care. would it be for them? <laughs> awesome and fucked up. Like, awesome for me because I have a twisted sense of humor. <laughs> they finally bring back Coulson in the movies just for him to die again. <laughs> he's all, well, <laughs> he's already dying in, in Agents of Shield. Hey, again? Guys, yeah. I've been alive. Well, I know he lost a hand. It's a degradation type thing. There's a whole lot that goes into it. But yeah, he's dying in the Was show. Was Tahiti again. involved Spoilers, again? I guess. Was Tahiti involved again? They tried oh, to convince... Shit. For a minute there, they uh, they tried to convince him that he was... This whole time, all five seasons, he's just been on the table dying. Oh, I thought you were... After oh. Loki's spear. So, like, yeah. he's been Bruce Willis in it, like, just running around <laughs> as a spirit. Or, well, no, more more of it was just Everything a cognitive function. Yeah, that was just, like... It, him building this whole story while he's dying on the table after Avengers. That's interesting. But just now turned out through not the Ghost Rider season. Thanks for all this. Turned out not to be true. Uh, I'm still back on like just, season it's, it's three. It's literally maybe. like ten minutes of one, uh, one episode. Like, just get over it. <laughs> just, just watch the Ghost Rider shit. It's no. cool. Coulson walks in. Guys, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> went through a lot of shit, but I'm back. What are we doing? Oh my god, Coulson's alive. got again. Thanos throws a moon at him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, this does suck because we've, we've been wanting this. Just a little yeah. nod, you know? And, and and it's fine because we still know that these universes are one and the same. They still exist For the most part, yeah. Well, I mean, on well, all, on all the shows, they yeah. reference the movies. The movies never reference anything from the shows. Well, what would the movies ever really need to? I don't know. Up It'd be like, point, did you hear about that guy that dresses like a devil in New York? 
weird, right? Yeah. Something. They just give me just a little nod. At least in Spider-Man Homecoming. Or even like they a background. No yeah. Thing, yeah. Or even like a background something of a fucking, like a news broadcast of the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Or Jessica Jones. Or uh, Luke Cage has been arrested or something. Yeah, yeah. since all these, yeah. <laughs> since now apparently Luke Cage has a blog. Like a blog. <laughs> that, like, yeah. why not, like, just something in the background. Just be like, oh, okay, so they all do still come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this actually was solidified in an interview with Premiere from Joe Russo, where he said, "This is where some editing comes in because I can never find my fucking mouse when I'm looking for it. Uh, where is it? You have a lot of tabs out there. Yeah. Well, we I keep them up in case we need to do this. Do this. Yep. Uh." It's hard enough to communicate with Taika Watiti, Ryan Coogler, Scott Dickerson, Peyton Reed, and James Gunn at the same time. Not to add all the showrunners and TV crews to this. Uh, the latter is also led by totally different people. Uh, also citing the fact that they were going to have 60 plus characters in this. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's understandable behind the scenes, but yeah. like... Fuck, he said it was time. practically impossible. No, but look, no, this it's is, not. This is the big movie. This is the this one. This is what everything's been leading up to so far. Yeah. Everything has so been leading up to so far. So this is the time to do it. Or at least put together a small team over here on the side for dealing with that. Just so somebody else can take care of it and you can just go, okay, good, let's move. Yeah. Takes three seconds of your day, Russo. So Damn you, know. you Russo. Get your brother to fucking do it. Yeah, so that it's a huge bummer. But what is not a huge bummer is this new Infinity War trailer. And man, oh my god, all of them have been great so far. Oh, yeah. So much so that uh, I, I don't know if it was Hollywood Babylon or which one of the 20 Kevin Smith podcasts I'm listening yeah. to. But they, they listened to this trailer. Or I listened to them watch this trailer. And even then I was getting goosebumps. Yeah, you just heard the audio. Yeah, yeah. And, and even then I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. But yeah, the new Infinity War trailer has been out for a little while now, and um, if you we, haven't watched it, shame on you. Well, and we uh, we learn a little bit more about why Thanos is looking for the Infinity Stones, and it's kind of reminiscent of what happens in the Infinity Gauntlet story yeah. from the comics. Although in that story, he wants to destroy half the universe because he's in love with death, and he feels like that will impress her, or she asks him to. I can't remember. It's one or the other. But in this, he just wants to. <laughs> I don't. Do, do you think that there's like an MCU equivalent to death? Maybe uh, Hella. Hella, maybe, but uh, we won't really know until we get into the movie yeah. deep dive. But right now, that on the surface, that's what it seems like. It's just a goal of his, just something to it's, scratch off it's the his bucket, bucket list. list. Yeah. yeah, he he wants yeah. to he wants to meet. Um, I, I want to rebuild a hot rod. I want to <laughs> I want to go to Tahiti, <laughs> right? And you know, destroy half the universe. Shake hands with Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Destroy half the universe. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so so we learn a little bit about his motivations in this whole thing, why he wants the Infinity Stones. We also, to quell all of the bitching, we finally get full armor. Full armor, Thanos. Yes. That was really cool. I was very happy to see that. I think they gave us that in this trailer just to shut people up, though. Yeah. Like, because it's a quick scene. Well, there's two twice it shows up, but it mm -hmm. is quick both times. And yeah, and I, I feel like they, that was it. Just I feel like, like they were probably hoping to like avoid that reveal, 
yeah. with how quick they put it in there, but it's like no one's shutting it's, up about this. Yeah, I, not, I don't know if it's like they were trying to avoid the reveal because it's uh, not like it's a big plot point. Or but anything. at the it's same just, time, they have they literally have not shown one hint of it up till this point. Well, yeah. uh, was it one of the post credit scenes he was wearing the helmet as well? Well, in some in the post credit scenes, like he's looked different almost all of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I think definitely, especially after fucking uh, Justice League, they're like, hold on. What Hulk? Like, what we Bruce definitely need to make sure that this Thanos dude is looking hella good. Wait because... a minute. Wasn't Bruce Banner a little skinnier and talked different in that first Hulk movie? <laughs> a little bit. He looked yeah, a little. A little yeah, he looked a little. He almost like a guy from Fight Club. What for? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. Um, but no, uh, we finally get to see that. We finally get to see a little more Black Order. Again, yeah. real, real quick scene, but we got, like, if you pause it, you get a good look them. at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Gets to the Chitauri again in a flashback yes, scene. Yes, yes. Uh, which I believe that is going to be his own personal army that he's going to be using well, here. Well, I mean, if you remember from uh, the first Avengers movie, Loki was doing a lot of stuff for Thanos. Yeah, but we didn't really. Thanos. There wasn't really that and, link. And if though. you. Well, I kind of remember. I may be imagining this now, but like there may have been a line or something that referred to like he. He was borrowing an army, or he was lent an army, and that was the Chitari army from the Big Bad, who eventually we found out was Thanos. Yeah. So it would make Maybe. sense, especially I, I the flashback. I don't remember that scene. line, but it's it's totally well, we'll, possible. We'll yeah. figure it out whenever we go through this marathon of MCU movies <laughs> yeah. again. Oh, we got thirty-one hours. Yeah. So I'm, good. I'm down. But uh, oh my god! And I think the thing I love the most from this trailer is this is the team up trailer. We get to see. Oh yeah. We get to see Star Lord. Drax and Iron Man all together. We get to see Groot, Rocket, and Thor hanging out. We get to see Spider-Man and Doctor Strange hanging out. And I'm still, after ever since it was announced that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was Doctor Strange, I'm still waiting for that scene for him and Tony Stark to be in the same scene and somebody say, no shit, Sherlock. Because they both played Sherlock, and that's all I want in his life. And I don't give a fuck what else All we do. want from Cedric Flumberhatch <laughs> is from is cucumber, cucumber cabbage patch. <laughs> yeah, that's all we want. Uh, just that one scene. We'll leave the theater right afterwards. Oh yeah, like, we'll I don't care. Like later. he could be doing all. Thanos could be doing all of this because he gets an extra twenty percent off at Macy's. I don't care as long as, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you give me that one line. Tried to hold that in. It's a yeah, line it's fine. Can. Yeah, doing this a little under the weather, guys. I'm sorry. So, you know, you do not hold in coughs or sneezes, or you will get a prolapsed asshole. Or brain aneurysm. I'm not a doctor, but it sounds really good. uh, Yeah, this this is just another epic trailer leading up to a very epic movie. I Mm -hmm. love Iron Man's busted up nanotech armor. That was dope. Yeah, Yeah. there's so many little pinpoint things. If you haven't seen it again, what are you doing? Come on. The post title scene. I guess it would be. It's essentially like the the trailer's version of a post credit scene where there's yeah. Peter Parker and Stephen Strange. That little yeah, I'm Doctor Strange or I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using our made up names. I'm Spider Man. Right. And Cute. How he's fucking adorable. How fuck. Uh, secret identity. Uh, I. But, how, yeah. Our how fuck secret identities is Spider-Man in this trailer? Because he's hanging on the he's side of the bus. Fucking, that's what I was gonna, puts his mask That's on. what I was going to bring up while we were re-watching the trailer for the millionth time. It's like, he's hanging off the bus he was just in with a bunch of students that he goes to school with. And then he and decides he, his head to throw on window height. Just the mask. Jumping off the bridge, just swinging the under it in full 
clothes and shit. And then, yeah. And he's walking around like full Spider-Man suit without the mask. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm Peter Parker, whatever. I'm pretty sure he kept his identity secret from the Avengers. Yeah. Well, at the very end of Homecoming, there there was that whole thing where he was like, I'm ready to reveal you to the world. We'll tell tell the world you're Spider-Man. He's like, no, I'm good. I just want to be Peter Parker separate from Spider-Man. Yeah. And yeah, so <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, um, well, now, when there's a big giant purple man from space coming to destroy everything, all his rules go out the window. You know who would know about gi- big giant purple men from outer space coming to ruin shit? Who's the that? Power Rangers? Oh, <laughs> good segue. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, uh, this th- that was actually a much better segue than what I had earlier. This was written in my notes to come in between Atari and Deadpool. But I forgot, even though it's, it's a okay. big thing right here. <laughs> now we're getting into it. But yeah, we, yeah, we got yeah. a little bit of a trailer for mm-hmm. a comic book. We got a live That's... action trailer for a comic book. Okay, now, are they going to add anything else to this? Because I've seen a little bit more behind-the-scenes uh, photos and stuff on Kyle Higgins' Instagram yeah. page of shit that was not in this trailer. Are you talking mm-hmm. about the other costumes? Like because some, they some were the in costume? the background, yeah. Were they? Yeah, there, there's yeah. a Yellow Ranger with well, the armor and stuff. The well, the Yellow Ranger walks is, up and is, talks. Is, uh, yeah, and is, you see the Red Rangers in the And there's the a Black too. Ranger uh, and a few other, a few other things. Uh, was, uh, what's his name, Dragon? Draken? Draken. Lord Draken. Is, is there a part of this trailer? Because I've only watched it once where he's holding Zed's staff. Not that I because saw Because if not, the then not there's, there's some well, behind-the-scenes yeah, photos uh, of that. JDF put up a bunch of photos on yeah. his Instagram of him holding, like, the original Rita staff, the Zed staff. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe they got, like, multiple trailers coming out. They shit, were, but... Or they just did multiple shoots and decided on which one was I'd be okay with, like, a like a mini web series. That would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Well, when I first saw this, I, I didn't remember what Shattered Grid was. And I was like, the is this, fuck is this coming from? Is this a from? new Bat in the Sun <laughs> show? Like, what the hell? But, uh, yes, this is, uh, this is a... Full live action trailer for the Shattered Grid storyline that's coming up in the comic books to celebrate the Power Rangers 25th anniversary. Uh, they're actually having a big old crossover. It's going to be kicking off uh, March 28th in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 25, continuing in Go Go Power Rangers number 9, and is going to have two tie in one shots. But basically, to describe this trailer, what you have is you have uh, a behind the headshot of uh, all these different uh different what, seasons of each yeah, of, yeah like flashing up it's not really it's like hologram type stuff it's like, like a, a mystical smoky hologram type, type of shit. Yeah, video yeah, yeah. screen showing all these different uh seasons like you said yes from yeah. various power rangers everything shows. from mighty morphin up to like uh dino charge was one Zio, of the newest ones thunder yeah. thunder yeah. strike or epic like all tale. of them really yeah i don't <laughs> know i don't know what all the jungle fairy <laughs> i say jungle fairy because jungle fury is a real season my son cannot pronounce it so it's always jungle fairy struggle storm so, so I, I i imagine this whole season of like jungle fairy power rangers power rangers nano fighters <laughs> dude those are just tiny and they've already shrink down <laughs> and they already went from like the ninja steel to a, a whole there's always there's a new one already announced yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't keep up with it's them. still going it's one of the longest running kids programs yeah. of all time and, and the great thing about it is, that, like, we all grew up with that shit, and, like, my five-year-old loves anything and everything, yeah. Power Rangers, everything from Mighty Morphin to 
shit that I don't even know about. So, but anyway, to continue with the trailer is, is about yeah, you see him, you see someone sitting on a throne watching all these different universes mm-hmm. uh, play out and stuff, and then it slowly pans around to show Jason David Frank in Lord Dracon costume, full armor and stuff, with, and with long hair, with like some, a little bit of gray hair, in it. He's got the the crack, the the vein cracking going yeah. on, whatever you want to call that, and he says, "So many rangers." So much potential wasted. You could have been gods. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, uh, he's going to conquer all worlds. Yeah. And when the dust settles, only then will they realize they could have been gods. The first time I watched this trailer, it gave me chills. Now, if you're not familiar, Lord Dracon is an alternate universe Tommy Oliver who... uh, What? Most of his friends got killed or did he get corrupted? I can't remember. Uh, I think he got corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then he killed most of yeah. his friends. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's he realized the potential yeah. of mm-hmm. a Power Ranger. And, and uh, that was a really cool scene too when he's looking at the holographic things. Was that little little scene where Tommy's like, "Oh, you guys are going to be my that friends." That actually gave me chills. Like, well, yeah. adorable. Uh, yeah, that they uh, where they were like, "You'll always be one of us, Tommy." Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Oh," and then he's like. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, no motherfuckers, no. Yeah. So this actually got me pretty excited. It made me feel like maybe I gave up on the comic too too quickly. My son wasn't digging it. I'm, I wasn't digging it. I think I bought know. up to like issue three or four. I, I think we got up to like 14. I think this. that's like right after everyone became a Green Ranger is where I dropped yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I have like the first appearance of Dracon. <laughs> I might. I might go to Comic I, Story and see if he's got some videos that will get me caught yeah. up. And yeah. Maybe I'll jump on Shattered Green. Or maybe but, if well, somebody <clears throat> buys a trade or two, I might read them. Yeah. Well, I, I've already, I've already got the shop. They're gonna throw me a copy of Shattered Grid if they have an extra one. One thing I was surprised about in this, uh, in this thing, they didn't include the new movie in the little. Uh, hologram. I noticed <laughs> that. Uh, I thought maybe they would like hoard in there. I watched it a third time just to go like, did I miss it or something? But yeah, it's it stands outside of continuity. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> they they, they, they didn't show a lot of like all the seasons anyway. Instead, they just kind of highlighted. They also a didn't show the Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation, right? Which had a crossover <laughs> with the Power Rangers. Point, so. Hold on, maybe they don't want to because that's going to be a spoiler. It's a on... big part. It's like it's it's a key moment in the comics, in like the, in the final when, issue when everything feels like you. Know, I mean, there's no hope. <laughs> Here comes Venus and Leonardo, and Donatello, Michelangelo, oh Raphael. Oh my God, Venus! Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? All right, guys. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of news that comes out in in the week, and uh, we can't really cover all of it in long discussion without running like a three, four hour podcast. And that is why we take a dip into the phone booth. It's time for the news, the phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news, where we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives us about three minutes. 45 seconds. Odell's got his finger on the button as soon as I get my page. That sounds dirty. <sighs> Drink a little whiskey. Can <laughs> <laughs> we refill you? Yes, please. Uh, that's what I get for trying to cough and drink whiskey all at the same time. But, you know, that's man's got to do what a man's got to do. That's a bit, has a bit more of a kick to it than here's. Oh, what do you got? Maker's Mark. What is that? Uh, 40 proof? Mm hmm. Because uh, it's, so, it's the same. It's just mine. a lot harsher. Oh yeah, harsh. Okay, I get what you mean by kick then. Oh. <clears throat> okay. And 
go. In video game news, Sega Europe announced 50 classic titles are coming to the PS4 and Xbox One, including Comic Zone, Toe Jam and Earl, and Sonic <gasps> the Hedgehog. The games will be available May 29th. In anime news, FLCL sequels, Progressive and Alternative, finally have release dates. Sorta. Progressive comes to Toonami on June 2nd, and Alternative comes sometimes in, sometime in September. Dragon Ball Super announced a new film with a trailer. No date has been released yet. In movie news, Disney announced another live-action adaptation with Lady and the Tramp. The film will be a live-action CG hybrid with uh, Charlie Bean directing. A leaked photo from the set of X-Men The Dark Phoenix reveals the Frank Quietly-inspired costumes of the film. Warner Brothers has announced New Gods as their next live-action DCEU project, and they've tapped Ava DuVernay to direct. Uh, in TV news, a trailer for Leprechaun Returns has hit YouTube. The series comes to sci-fi in 2019. The Walking Dead season finale and Fear the Walking Dead season premieres will be coming to 753 theaters across the U.S. on April 15th. Tickets went on sale March 16th. Rick and Morty season 4 has been delayed due to difficult contract negotiations, according to Dan Harmon. The title episode of 7... The title of episode 7 of the upcoming Titans television series may have leaked unconfirmed reports that say that Jason Todd will be making a series appearance. In comics news, Disney is teaming with Dark Horse Comics to produce an Incredibles 2 graphic novel for young readers titled Heroes at Home and a three-issue miniseries called Crisis in Midlife and Other Stories. No release date has been announced. The Plastic Man miniseries in Spinning Out of Dark Knight's Metal finally has a team writer of Gail Simone and an artist of Adriana Mello. The series hits shelves in June. <laughs> Part of a five-project deal with DC Comics, Frank Miller will be writing a young adult graphic novel focused on Carrie Kelly, Batman's Robin from the Dark Knight series. On April 18th, DC introduces the world to Old Lady Harley in Harley Quinn number 42, which is exactly what it sounds like. In other awesome news, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion Dan Daniel Bryan will finally be making his return to wrestling after being forced into retirement in 2015. The U.S. Navy's newest sub, the USS Colorado, is the first attack sub to use an Xbox 360 controller. Reportedly, they made the switch due to cost efficiency and ease of training. Mark Hamill has returned to the role of young Luke Skywalker in a recent Forces of Destiny. Check it out on Disney's YouTube channel. TV's Wonder Woman and former famed singer Linda Carter will be honored April 3rd with a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. And Nerdist has provided Timey Wiseau with the means to make a bid for the role of the Joker in the upcoming standalone film. See Tommy's audition tape now on Nerdist.com or YouTube. And that is the news. Yeah, three minutes, 17 seconds. I, uh, real quick, there's a few things in there I didn't know about. I really fucking suck at the fun with this. But yeah, uh, go on. Okay, uh, well, I knew the Incredibles uh, comics. I didn't know that there was going to be a graphic novel and then a three-issue mini but like either way i'm throwing all my money at that <laughs> um uh, what was another one uh what was another one i got i freaked out over there's uh, a reason we have phone booth news i know to not go into detail about this stuff. i'm so excited over a lot of stuff there yeah there's yeah. a lot of cool well, stuff yeah we'll, we'll talk about it later yeah okay guys so um that is going to lead us into a more somber moment in the show uh which is a segment we call 
fallen heroes. Every now and again, a legend is brought into this world, but before they can become that legend, they have to pass through this mortal coil and become fallen heroes. First on our list is Meltdown Comics, a pillar in the comics community for over 25 years, announced that they will be closing their doors on March 30th. Uh, Meltdown was so much more than an exceptional comic book store, though. At any time, you could catch an impromptu comedy show in the back, which eventually inspired Comedy Central's Meltdown with Kamel and Jonah. Uh, the Attic served as a headquarters for Nerdist, starting with the podcast. And uh, the comics world is really taking a blow with this one. When I seen that article, that saddened me to yeah. no extent. That, that had, they haven't revealed why it's happening. It's just going away as far as we know uh, um, that's been happening it's like tower records all over again it really is it's fucking it re- this really is tower records of the comic book world this is so sad next on the list uh toys r us founder charles lazarus another one. uh yeah he he passed away on the 22nd at the age of 94 one person said this about him for his po- uh, he was best known for his positive energy and passion for the customer and love for children everywhere uh, this news comes just over a week after it was announced that the store would be closing locations, all locations worldwide. And you have to wonder if this is a death by heartbreak, you know? It feels like it is. Yeah, it's really, really sad. Um, next, Frank Avruch, uh, who played Bozo the Clown from 1959 to 1970, the first nationally syndicated Bozo and host about Man About Town, and the board member of UNICEF's New England chapter, which he actually would travel around doing shows as Bozo for. That's awesome. Passed away on uh, the 23rd from heart disease. That's not awesome. He was 89. Yeah. He, may, he had a good long yeah. run at it, though. He had a good run. Last, we pay tribute to an academic decorated with the Royal Society Fellowship, a Presidential Medal of Freedom, a Fundamental Physics Prize, and countless other honors. A pioneer of black hole insights, the theory of relativity, and quantum mechanics in general. Someone who baffled the medical community for 55 years after being diagnosed with ALS in 1963 and expected only to live three to five years. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Professor Stephen Hawking, who passed away on March 7th at the age of 76. He inspired, humored, and most importantly, made us think and changed the way we did it. That one saddened me tremendously. Yeah. It, yeah. Fucking great run. He had a great run in life, especially only given about three years to live anyway. And, and he, and he, God. It like, really seemed like he was living with these last few years of his life too. Just like, it seemed like his theories got a lot crazier, but not like, oh, he's starting to lose it. Just like, what else can I think what, about? Yeah, like, what, what else is, is out yeah. there? You know? And, um, just the the more and more he showed up on our television screens, entertaining us and again making us think more. Uh, Simpsons, the episode Big Bang Theory. Every time he had an interaction with Sheldon, I loved it. The fact that in Simpsons Homer called him Larry Flint. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, uh, he he will be missed. But I, I, again, he he also made a great run of it. Fifty five years, yeah. especially yeah. since he was only given. Like you said, three to five years yeah, to live it, anyway. And it was a very rare diagnosis as well, because mm-hmm. usually that affects people in their, like, 40s and 50s. He was diagnosed at 21. That's insane. Yeah. So uh, we we definitely pay tribute to him and, and hold a candle up for that man. But uh, 
Moving on from that, let's talk about the thing that brought us all to the table, the thing that really got this podcast started, uh, the thing that we're practically married to, right? Yeah. My wife? No. Comic Are you guys books. married to my wife, too? Yeah! <laughs> no. Oh, you guys need to start picking up some slack. No. Aw. I'm talking about comic books. Oh, oh those. <laughs> those, yes. Which is why we've started doing something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. So basically, this is how it works. I cover something old. I just grab something out of my boxes, some back issue, read that. Odo covers a brand new number one from that week. Uh, well, I guess this week. Uh, we usually take something borrowed. Hopefully, eventually, we'll get you guys sending us something. Or last time we did a review from IGN. This time, Bob is going to be doing something he borrowed off of Alpha Spectre. Woo! And uh, something out of the blue from Dr. T. Neil, which he will literally be phoning in this episode. <laughs> He's with us in, in spirit and also in an added in segment. A dropped in clip coming yes. later. So I'm going to be covering Tomb Raider number one through four from Top Cow Productions. Uh, I believe this book came out uh, around the year 2000. And this was actually written by Dan Jurgens with art by Andy Park. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, He's got some big names attached, and it's relevant. Right? And you, you'd think I'd be a little bit more excited for this. but uh, Are you telling me that? Well, let's, let's talk about the story here <laughs> first. Um, in the story, we join Laura Croft as she's traveling to various places across the world in search of the Medusa Mask, a relic said to be worn by Medusa herself, holding powers such as the gaze of death. Uh, at the same time, Laura, accompanied by her fa family's faithful servant and bodyguard, Hartford Compton, I love the last name Compton, <laughs> he's straight out of he's it, straight out. <laughs> must fight off a number of assassins bent on killing them for reasons unknown. Uh, this story is barely passable at best, and the thing that really hinders it uh, most is the divisive way they use Laura's emotional entanglements, uh, like the death of her parents and her fiance and her appreciation for Hartford. If it had been approached as like just purely an action adventure story, only elaborating on her connection to Compton, uh, it may have worked a little better and maybe quicker too. Like I, I could have seen them slamming this into like three issues rather than four because it does action well. Uh, sequences like the there's an underwater knife fight where they're surrounded by sharks. Uh, there's this firefight in a kerosene factory. These actually worked for me. <laughs> yeah. A kerosene yeah. factory? Yeah, a kerosene plant or factory oh. or whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a little over the top, but it works. It works for me. Yeah, uh, I even enjoy... The, there's a little twist at the end that I enjoy in a, issue four... Uh, but it's not for the reasons I think it's meant to surprise me. Um, but, you know, reference my comments from earlier about emotional entanglement. That's that's what they're basing your surprise on, and that's not what got me. It was just an, oh shit, I did not see that coming. Don't really care why she cares about this, but that was interesting. Also, fuck everything with Chase Carver. Just, <laughs> just fuck all of that. Ultimately, you could probably skip this one altogether if you've Unless you've read, like, every good story out there, you've already run through all your new weekly books, or you have to for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Dan Jurgens here. That was probably the only shining light right before you started uh, this review was, oh, Dan Jurgens. Okay. Because right, other right. than that, it's like, okay, it's Lord well, Croft, Tomb Raider. It's, what was I get it, late, my rocks late off. 90s? I get my rocks cow. off. 
building people up just to tear them down. Yes. <laughs> so he gets his I rocks off to Laura Croft in this book. He uh, just no, because it is bad. Like nineties, early two thousands. We just discovered we can make things on computers. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, he just gets his rocks off. I yeah, I, I don't need I don't need visual aid for that. No, I got he's, I got, he's a, got a mental spank bank. All right, so Odal, speaking you're, of uh, mental spank banks. <laughs> Horrible segue. I don't know what that segue was, but Odell, you're you're doing something new here, huh? Uh, this week I am doing Gideon Falls number one. It just came out. It's the new Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Cool, cool. Did I say that right? Yeah, Sorrentino. Yeah, I've been struggling saying. Congratulations that right. on pronunciation. Okay. I fuck up someone's name every episode, several times an episode. It's a so, tradition. So yeah, it's okay. So. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, they did uh, one of the Green Lantern, or not Green Lantern, Green Arrow runs. Okay. Uh, they did the first 25 issues of this new run of Old Man Logan. Um, okay. That was pretty popular, too. Jeff Jeff Lemire did some stuff with uh, Zack Snyder here recently. Or not Zach, uh, Scott Snyder. You're going to get of one of these names right. It was a <laughs> Snyder. He worked for DC. Uh, you're, you're forgiven. But this is his first creator-owned book. And they, they've cool. had the idea for this since they were doing Green Arrow, him and Sorrentino. They just clicked. Uh, so this book follows two different characters. Uh, it follows the character Norton, and it, it seems they take place in different time periods, too. Hmm. Which is weird, but cool. Okay. okay. Uh, it doesn't elaborate on that at all. No. No. Okay. no. So maybe we'll find out eventually. Well, it, it's a number one. There, there's yeah. a lot left unanswered. A yeah. lot. Uh, so Norton is this pseudo-religious OCD. Like he has been in a mental institution and now sees a therapist on the regular. He constantly is sifting through trash, finding pieces of wood, rusty nails, and all that. And the trash is speaking to him. So he, he's explaining this to his therapist, and the therapist is telling him, like, look, you're out for good behavior. You could be put back in. Like, this needs to stop. He's not going to stop. On the other hand, we have a preacher. This preacher is sent to a place called Gideon Falls to replace their previous pastor who died. He's greeted by this friendly old lady with a hook for a hand, uh, like like one of those like prosthetic, like lost her hand due to probably diabetes because she's really big. Okay. Uh, he doesn't want her around, so he tells her to leave. But first, he tries to ask, "How did the previous guy die?" She doesn't want to talk about it. So we're it bounces back and forth between these two characters, where we're back at the therapist. He's talking about how like evil is in the world incarnate evil not just like a feeling of people being evil and he's then monologuing about how these pieces that he's finding in the trash he finally realizes what they are something tangible that is just spread out across the city definitely a number one type of yeah. story where it's <laughs> well, like there's so many questions and there, there's a page that I wanted to actually like point out to you guys real quick 
was the fact that, like, we have the preacher going through a field while Norton is going through his notes. Uh, and, and, and the panel's upside down. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're inverted. So it's and almost like they're on, like, two different spectrums of the same like thing. Like he's on the upside down. So Tom is eventually led, or not Tom. The preacher is led to what Tom was trying to get him to find, which was the barn, which ultimately leads him to the body of the woman who has been impaled by her own hook hand. And okay. that's where the book ends. Like I said, that's the hook crazy. hand serves a purpose. Okay, so it's like a legit, like, amputee hook hand. I, I, would, yeah. I would just picture, like, a rusty old fucking, Oh, like, yeah, with the two little like, claws. Urban, yeah. I, I was thinking, like, urban legend type of thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> like a spear <laughs> on the end of it or something, yeah. 90s no, Aquaman type so, of So, like, reading this book, the two characters are obviously connected, especially by the end, mm -hmm. and it's very Lemire. Lemire is, like, incredibly supernatural, like, sci-fi out there with a lot of the stuff he does. It's very Lemire. It'll be I interesting it. to see where that goes. Yeah. Moving on down the line, though, uh, Bob is going to be doing our... Uh, something borrowed section, like we said before. So take it away, Bob. Um, going back to uh, what Odell was just saying, uh, this is a number one, so it leaves us with a lot of questions. Okay. Uh, it sets up a perfect world. Uh, and the the book I'm I'm going to review today is Oblivion Song by uh, Robert Kirkman. You Ooh. know, you may have, you may have heard of some of his work. Uh, he's done a uh, he's done a comic called uh, what's called Invincible. Didn't he have a? And there's show? something about something about like zombies or vampires. Yeah, or something. Um, uh, is that still on the air? The I Talking think? Walking Walking Dead, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah. Talking Dead's from the other dude with a different. Yeah, podcast. yeah, that's yeah. ID Ten T Nerdist dude. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, yeah, never heard of <laughs> it. Huh? No. Well, of course, this is a this is a Robert Kirkman issue one. So first off, buy it just for value's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, it was also, it's a, it's co-created by a man named, uh, Lorenzo, I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, Lorenzo De Felici, Von Matterhorn? De Felici, maybe? Who's also the artist, but they're, him and Kirkman are both uh, awesome. co-creators. Awesome, How I Met Your Mother reference, Vinny. Yeah. yeah. I so five. No so five. <laughs> and then, uh, the colorist is a, I'm assuming woman named, uh, Annalisa Leone. Never heard of her, but okay. I, I dig the art in yeah. this. And uh, the story takes place post one decade, ten years after uh, three hundred thousand citizens in the whole city of Philadelphia just kind of disappears into a place called Oblivion, and we're not quite sure if this is like an alternate dimension, if this is aliens, aliens, what it is. But it, what it is, it's it looks like a post-apocalyptic, almost dystopian type of uh, type of type of world, and. For the last 10 years, the government has put in money into going into oblivion and trying to rescue any survivors they have left. And there's, like, these weird mutated creatures that are there, like these giant beasts that are just hunting down anything living. And uh, there's a man named Nathan Cole. And he's one of the, the main, I'm not sure what you'd call him, uh, rescuers, maybe? Uh, the story starts out with him in masks and everything. It looks like he's hunting down these people like they're game. There's a man and woman running from him, and he shoots him with a sniper rifle, and the first person he hits is a man, and he just, poof, just disappears. Not really sure what the fuck happens. Like, he didn't die, and he literally disappears. And then once he starts going for the woman, one of these little crazy beasts comes up out of the ground, knocks him on his ass, and starts kind of going after this woman. He shoots that woman, she disappears, and the beast is fucking pissed. So he turns back to the guy and starts going after him, and he's pressing what looks like a some kind of big giant button on his, I can't remember if it's his belt or chest piece, either way, 
it's like a teleport button and it's not working. So there's a few panels, few pages where he's just trying to get away from this beast. Until finally he pulls out the syringe out of his utility belt and fucking shoves it into his <laughs> neck. And poof, he goes into the desert into the world that is everything aside from Philadelphia. Everything that's not in this world of oblivion. And you find out uh, very quickly that there is a, like there's like a Vietnam memorial type uh, memorial up where all these people that have been lost into what they what they've dubbed as oblivion, which is this like I said like an alternate dimension maybe. And uh, this Nathan guy he keeps going in and every time he saves somebody he etches out their name on this wall, which kind of gives false hope to these people that have lost their loved ones that they'll never get back. Government didn't want to really fund him anymore, so he's decided to just do this on his own. So, uh, next thing you kind of see is him going back to Oblivion on his own, uh, trying to avoid all these mutated beasts, monsters, and stuff. And he's taking, um, uh, what do they call it, in the dentist, where they, they kind of, they, they take an impression of your of your teeth. Oh, what is that yeah. called? You know, yeah, there is a little, special name for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we're not pausing. On that <laughs> shit. But he, he, he's essentially uh, pulling dental records, like pulling uh, dental uh, forms, impressions, impressions yeah. forms of uh, these bodies he's finding laying around. Because what you assume is that when he gets back to to real Earth, to real world, he's going to look him up, try to see if it's his brother. And after that, after he bounces back to the real world, you see. There's been a group of people watching him in his last trip. And the the leader of this group of people, at the very last page, last panel you find out, is his brother. He obviously doesn't know that the man that's out there is his own brother. Huh. Is, Nathan, is Nathan. And that's pretty much it. Like, I know that's a very lackluster review. It's my first comic review for quite a long time. <laughs> but really, all you need to know is that this is a Kirkman issue one. This is definitely something you want to jump on. Oh yeah! So you dug the yeah one hundred percent, yeah one hundred percent, dude. I love this story. Uh, obviously, you can't tell from this review, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely worth picking up. Uh, I, I guarantee first printing is already sold out. Uh, I don't um, know. Like, I'm pretty. Sh- I don't a know. A couple weeks ago at Lexington, people were selling them for like eight bucks an issue like about double of, a, a, pretty much double the cover price a week that yeah. it released and then like i know the i know our shop is sold out like i said it's a robert kirkman issue one you want to jump on it as yeah. soon as possible if not then just judging by this first issue pick up the first trade once it comes out all right so that's going to take us to uh travis dr t neal in the field which i assume is probably his kitchen where he's recording this on his phone, I think he told me. But uh, Travis is going to be, I think he said he's going to do Rick and Morty number one. So let's, nice. let's go with All Travis. Right. Unfortunately, Dr. Tenio could not submit his comic book review for Rick and Morty number one. But from what I understand, the book contains the titular characters of Rick and or Morty. And uh, they do things in places amongst people. So... Ah, what do you care? Nobody's listening to this part anyways, right? Eh? I could say anything. And say, like, uh, none farts. Ha <laughs> ha, none farts. You know, hey, just in case you are listening, hit us in the comments with, uh, hashtag none farts. There you go. 
here's the show back. Oh, great, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic review, classic so Travis. Oh boy, do you, uh, do you like that part in the middle? Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, was, that was great. That was but great. the ending, yes. the ending was my favorite. All right, so Odell, you did want to say a little, so- and I mean just a little something so about this this I other just, book. Uh, I just want to let you guys know, I read Green Lantern Earth One. Yay! Right. Yay. Fantastic Yay. job, Odal. Oh, you Great. still got You're it. You're awesome. Yay! You still got it. Yay! All right, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an inside joke that no one will get besides us four. Yay! Uh, all right, let me make sure there was nothing else on the show agenda. Um, as interviews. far as my notes go, that's it. Oh, yeah, interviews. Yeah. Uh, Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> did you yep. really forget about those? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, uh, I didn't forget to write. <laughs> I absolutely did. I wrote them down. Um, if you want to submit any comics for our Something Borrowed section, though, go ahead and message us at uh, sortofmybrand at gmail.com or message us at sortofmycomics or sortofmybrand on Facebook. But uh, one last thing that we're going to go ahead and jump in here uh, and do this was supposed to come. Uh, hold on. This was uh, yeah, interview was supposed to be for comics. comics, right? Yes, and they're in my notes that way. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, at least that's the way you sent them to me. I did. I did. That's 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 how I wanted it set up. But I think I already had this written before I did that. So we did have a little more from our time at Lexington Comic Con uh, that, that we, we did. didn't get to in the last episode. Like we said in that last episode, we had other interviews lined up. Uh, we didn't know if they were going to happen so we didn't play them in that episode uh we didn't plan for them but they happened so these are actually both your interviews yeah these are yeah. your babies so why don't you go ahead and, and lead us into them uh who, who'd you talk to here let uh, the first one the uh, first one's first it was a comic creator right the the first one is donny cates yep, uh yep. he's the Ooh. current writer on uh, Doctor Strange, Thanos. He's going to be writing the upcoming Venom relaunch. Yep, a lot of people uh, are excited for that one. He wrote God Country, which I can't recommend that enough. Buzzkill. Buzzkill. Um, he's got a new. I can't remember what publisher it's through, but it's called Reactor. Uh, he's got Baby Teeth, which is okay. really. Like, I mean, he's all, all over right, the rated place. It. He's got a few things. I get it. <laughs> you can edit some of that out. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, he's all over the board with what he's writing. He yeah. always picks really great teams to work with. Um, and I was able to pick his brain about some of the, like, some of the backstory behind God Country, which, uh, if you listen, like, it has a really cool story. And a little bit about Venom. So, uh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to thank you for agreeing to do this with me. Uh, fan of a lot of your work already. Um, so, one of the first things that I always like to ask is, what was your first comic? Honestly, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, I started reading comics when I was like three. My brother was a big baseball card fan, and uh, and I used to go to the mall with him at the baseball card shop, and um, my dad made me a deal that they had, they had comic books up in the shop my dad made me a deal that if i would learn how to read using these comics that he would buy them for me um to my recollection i believe it was um spider-man and venom was how i learned how to read oh that's awesome yeah so so i i'm just going to to assume that like with that being some of your first reading mm-hmm. that's what's kind of pushed you to 
take over mm-hmm. Venom coming up soon. Obsessed with that character for a very long time. I used to do sculptures of him, and um, I actually got a scholarship to college from doing sculptures of Venom. Um, yeah, so Venom turns, when I launched the new number one, is on his 30th anniversary. I'm 33, started reading him when I was three. So I've been there for the entire time. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. It's a trip. So, well, like, what kind of pushed you into writing comics? Well, I ran uh, I ran a bunch of stores in Austin of, of uh, comic book shops, you know, and uh, I ran those into the ground. This is, this is terrible at it. Um, and uh, I just loved being in the industry, being a retailer, and being around comics all of, all the time. And I was always a pretty good artist, um, and so I went to SCAD in Savannah to try and be a penciler. And uh, it quickly kind of just fell in love with the other aspect of, it, of writing, because you, you, you had to take a mandatory writing class. Um, I did that, and I had a really good professor who took me aside and kind of told me that, that I had a knack for it. And so I started doing that, and then I got an internship at Marvel uh, that summer. Um, and then from the Marvel internship, I... That was like writing boot camp. You wrote every fucking day, you know. Um, And then I started making my own little ash cans and going to cons and trying to sell my own stuff. And then quickly after that, I got uh, uh, my first thing at Dark Horse. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So right now, God Country. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but like, what was was some of your inspiration behind all that? Well, um, I had a a pretty... um, pretty serious health issue about three years ago that put me in the hospital um and it was pretty touch and go there for a while I almost died right uh totally fine now uh but uh i came out the other side of that like i turned 30 and immediately like my body just like failed on me and uh i came out the other side of that having a lot to say about death and trying to let go um and you know i had some serious shit to talk about all of a sudden and you kind of you filter that through a kid who grew up in Texas reading Jack Kirby comics, and what you've done on the, on the other, other side is God Country, you know? So, now, uh, Redneck. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where'd that all come from? To be perfectly honest, Redneck came from me reading a book and reading the word Redneck in it and saying, Wait, has anybody ever done a fucking vampire book called Redneck? Because Redneck, right? Yeah. You get bit by a vampire, your neck's all red. Um, <coughs> but then I started like writing the, the, the actual pitch. And I um, it really tapped into a lot of the uh, of, of, of my own family. Um, I think anyone in the South, uh, uh, anyone in the South in particular, has a branch of their family tree that they like to saw off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and we certainly have that in our family. Um, and they all live in East Texas. Um, and when my parents had my brother and I, they kind of drew a line in the sand. They said, they're not going to raise us the way that they were raised. Like racism and bigotry and all this kind of fucked up violence and shit like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's what Redneck is about. It's a family that has that has evil in their blood that has decided to not be monsters anymore you know and they're trying to overcome this 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 like uh, infinite cycle of violence over and over and over again you know okay uh so you've been working on thanos and dr strange uh 
that's all starting to come to an end with the whole fresh start thing. Uh, one of my one of my other uh, co recorders, I guess. Uh, he wanted to know like what was what was the idea behind like the Cosmic Ghost Rider and Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to to kind of to describe. Um, um, it, it it was an idea that I've had for a long time um, before. Marvel was even on my radar, or I should say before I was on their radar. Right. I've been on, I've, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I just thought that a, a cosmic writer was a fucking rad idea. Um, it's one of those things where you have an idea for something and you're just like, man, someone's already done that for sure. Like, someone's already done that, you know? And um, I, I remember I had a conversation with an editor at Marvel uh, at New York Comic Con, and he asked me, like, well, what, what, what would you want to do? Like, is there a character that you like? And I was like, well, I have this idea for a Ghost Rider in space. Um, and then, you know, the reveal is that it's Frank and everything. And he was like, dude, what? <laughs> he was like, I don't know about all that. He was like, I meant, like, an existing character. Like, like who do you like? And I was like, oh, well, okay. Um, and uh, uh, as far as the Frank Castle of it all goes, um, I think no one likes vengeance more than Frank Castle. Uh, to me, it seems very obvious that he'd become a, a writer eventually, you know? Um, and when I was starting to do the outline for Thanos, I, uh, in the first issue, I needed someone who could act as a herald of the King Thanos in the future. Someone who could come back in time and grab young, young Thanos out of time, right? And so when I was putting together the pitch, um, um, I was like, man, who could this be? Like, could it be someone from, like, the Black Order? Or should it be, like, Corvus Glaive or something like that? And then I was like, wait, no! I have this fucking dope idea for this character! And so I put it in the pitch, fully expecting them to come back and be like, what are you doing? Like, this is bananas, no way. Um, and they loved it. Uh, and none of us over at Marvel expected people to to, to latch onto that character as much as they did. Uh, but, yeah, it's taken off. It's really weird. It's getting into a miniseries coming up, right? Uh-huh, this summer. So, so any, like, are you able to say anything about what's coming out, like, what's coming up for that? No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I will say that issue 17 of Thanos comes out next month. Or this month? I don't know. Um, uh, you'll get a clearer idea of what that miniseries is going to be about. There's some things that happen in issue 17 um, that people are going to have a lot of questions about. Um, and you'll get a... Yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get a better understanding of what that's going to be like. Yeah. So, what I've been, like, dying to talk about all weekend is Venom. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to take the reins on him. Yeah. And, like, so what are you planning on doing with him? Um, well, I can't talk about it too much, you know. Um, but, yeah, in May, we, we, we relaunch Venom with a new number one for his birthday. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what, what can I say about it? I've been describing what I'm doing as a as a kind of a, like a Lovecraftian action film. Um, we're gonna. Uh, one of the coolest things about Venom as a character, as far as as a writer, is that we know uh, we know bits and pieces of like Eddie Brock's backstory, and we know bits and pieces of the symbiote as a as a species. 
but not a whole lot, you know, not as much as you would think would, would, would be there from having been around for 30 years. Yeah. And so and then I go deep into that kind of stuff. We're, uh, we're building a mythology around both of them. So like, you know, Peter Parker, his entire life, every action that he makes in his life is drawn back to a specific point in time. It's when his uncle died. Right. Um, it informs every choice that he makes. Eddie Brock always talks about protecting the innocent. Right. Where does that come from? Right. What, what is Eddie Brock's Uncle Ben moment? Right. And it's such a, an, an awesome gift to be able to give that character that moment and, okay. and, and kind of fill in the blanks on that. And also the, the symbiote, uh, the symbiote's backstory and where this symbiotes came from maybe what their belief structure is as far as the gods um stuff like that um i remember in in one of the guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm, runs mm-hmm. they they had to take a trip back to the symbiote home world Centaur. but you you don't learn very much about them mm-hmm. just that this particular symbiote was corrupted mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that was uh, Bendis's run. Um, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be tying back to that to those scenes a lot. Um, you know, Eddie Brock has never been to space. Eddie Brock has never encountered the Clintar planet or anything. Uh, so those are gonna be things that we're definitely gonna be exploring. Um, you know, Eddie missed out on a big chunk of the symbiote experience mm-hmm. in that when he first got the symbiote, um, we kind of skipped over the entire part where that's fucking terrifying. Like, getting an alien goo on you that, like, has teeth and shit, it's terrifying. Um, and when, certainly when Peter got it, there was some scary shit. But when Eddie got his, he was just kind of instantly, like, way into it, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, that's something else, like, when my first issue opens, um, Eddie and the symbiote are having some difficulties. And Eddie, for the first time in a very long time, is terrified of his own shadow. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to kind of have, like, some... Maybe some horror elements mixed in with... Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, and then you said that comes out in May? May May 9th. Great. So, uh, that really kind of wraps up my questions. Yeah. Builds my excitement up way more for this. Uh, Again, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And I can't wait to read these when they come out. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Thank you. All right. Good interview. Uh, you guys shot the shit for a good minute there, yeah. Yeah, like he he seemed overall like a good he, fella. he seemed like overall enthusiastic about doing the interview. He didn't seem whoa, whoa, like he wait, was. What do you mean uh, enthusiastic? You mean like uh, like a clown enthusiastic? <laughs> then what do you mean? Because <laughs> you is said that, good fella. A... <laughs> I was gonna say, is that a good fella's reference? Thank you. <laughs> God. All right, so, well, you had another one that, uh... And not only that, but good score on that one, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, it never hurt. I tried to get Jay Lee. (laughs) Which we Uh, knew was a no-go. I I already knew going And he was the nicest, that was probably the nicest shutdown he could ever have, which was like, you're... You're much. What do you say exactly? He's you're much like, more. I uh, don't really like talking. You're much more outgoing than I <laughs> yeah. than I am. Yeah. Uh, so, which is him saying like, "No, I'm good." And we we almost had a, an interview with uh, Jim Shooter too, yeah. but we didn't get there early enough because uh, he, he said catch him pretty much the whole. Yeah, time. he said get get to me early in the in the day, and, and we can do that. But we didn't get there early enough. So, and we and we really thought about. Uh, asking Neil Adams for an interview, but it looked like he was a bit under the weather. 
Like it yeah. looked like he was he was he was, he was li- literally sick. Yeah. But just just the fact that we got to be able to spend what ten minutes with him. We, or I so, think we elaborated uh, elaborated on uh, on the previous him, episode yeah, on the on the yeah. last episode, yeah. and I, I think we told the Jim Shooter story about yeah. how the wedding issue came to be. But yes. you got another interview though. Uh, as well. This one was actually with a company. It's uh, Broken Icon Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, they. They put out more like who the, we've been talking to a lot lately. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, they they do a lot of creator own stuff. They're the showrunners for Tricon in Huntington, West Virginia. Oh, what's that? Um, yeah, it's a little one day convention and oh. and but they're on their um, sixth or seventh year. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Since 2011 or 12. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I got to get an bigger every year them, too. Uh, oh, yeah. find out you know where they where they started, why they started, and everything else. Uh, and, and didn't you get a scoop in this one? I yeah. I did. Yeah, and I actually uh, scored some other information off Mike that some of it's coming soon, some of it's coming later. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's that interview. Check it out. Cool. Hey guys, I am here with Nick Wentland and Eric Watkins of Broken Icon Comics. They are also the showrunners of Tricon in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for agreeing to do this with me. Absolutely. Um, been a big fan of Tricon since it started up. Uh, so first of all, like with Broken Icon, what, what pushed you guys into wanting to start that up? Uh, I actually went to a comic shop uh, with a friend of mine for the first time ever in 2009. And uh, I really liked it. He gave me a couple books. I read them overnight and wanted to keep reading. Well, a comic book shop owner gave me free tickets to Baltimore Comic Con because his business was going there. And he's like, why don't you go represent me and just go meet some of these people? I said, cool. And I actually got to sit down with Robert Kirkman. And this is before Walking Dead exploded. And he was giving me a bunch of really cool pointers and ideas I went home after Baltimore Comic Con, and this was in 09, started writing my own book. And then in November, the same comic book shop owner started a local artist group called Oval. And it was for writers and artists to kind of meet each other in the local market. Oh, cool. And uh, we were it was at a taco place. I went to the first meeting. They weren't really doing the same thing I was doing. What I wanted to do, which was to make a publishing company. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to go back. But my wife was pregnant, and she was like, I want tacos. So... We went to a second meeting, and I met my business partner, James Maddox, there. And she was she literally was the first one to met him, and she said, Eric, you, you've got to go meet him. He wants to do what you want to do. James and I sat me, and we talked together, and we never went back to another meeting. We LLC'd a month later and started a publisher in 2009, and then uh, Nick joined us shortly in early 2010. Great. So, uh... So you've been with them for about eight years now doing uh, coloring for the covers and everything else. How's that experience been? Oh, it's been great. Uh, you know, I actually broke an icon, broke me into the company or into the whole industry. I'd always wanted to be a comic book artist, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I didn't really know how to go about it. I found these guys. Uh, they took a chance on me, gave me a couple of books. And uh, within a few years, uh, since I'm kind of a, a multi-talented kind of person, I was uh, doing design forums, setups, coloring, uh, doing lettering, working on all kinds of books and just everything just exploded from there. Awesome. So, so they basically helped put, give you the push that you needed. 
Oh, absolutely. They, like I said, they took the chance on me, and I, I'm one of those people that's always believed in loyalty, and I really, I really liked hanging out with these guys and what they believed in, and so I just kept doing more and more work and just really trying to make myself indispensable to the company, and eventually they offered me a partnership, and so I'm full-blown BIC. Awesome. We've had a couple people since the very beginning, uh, Nick Wetland and Rob Duma, who's our art director, about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, Duma's been with us since the very beginning. Again, we started in November of 2009, so we hired these guys December, January, February of 2010, within months of starting the company. And so we, uh, they've been so intertwined with what we've done. Doom, uh, Rob Duma actually became our art director. Nick became a partner this year, uh, full-fledged with all the stuff that we do, and uh We've had a lot of really, really good people, so it's been easy to succeed because of the people we have around us. That's great. So, uh, on to Tricon, what, like, I know you guys go to different conventions yourselves, but what, what gave you guys the push to want to start your own convention? So we started to see the market kind of switching back in 2011, and we'd only been doing the convention scene for about two years at that point. We started to notice that the market was switching away from the creators. It was going to the more media shows that you see now. And that's not a bad thing. Like Lexington, this is done right, and this is a huge place for us to strive in a place like this. But there's a lot of shows that it's all media, and the comic stuff falls to the side. And we started to notice that trend, so we were like, you know what? We want to do a show, and we want to do a show for our creators, for our friends. So our show, from the very beginning, 2012, we ran the first show. It's been the same thing. All of our creators have a 10 by 10 piped and draped booth that you only see guests have at other shows. All of our our, our show floor is geared towards the creators. 50% of our show floor is artists and writers versus other shows we only bring one or two media guests a year in and that is it and they have to be tied to the comic industry in some way so we brought mick foley one year mick foley was writing the wwe comic and had has written a couple books we brought in uh ted dibiase he had written books uh we brought in neil kaplan who was a voice actor of transformers but he had a tie to it we brought in ricky simons who was the voice of girl one year but he also wrote comic books um, this year, uh, we're bringing in Kevin Graveau, who wrote Underworld, the movie's Underworld. And then he started his own publishing company to create the comics. So all of our people tie back to comics and, and novels in, in that manner. So we've been proud of what we've been able to create doing that because we wanted a show for just creators. That's awesome. Uh, so have you guys ever thought about extending it past, like, the single-day con and making it, like, a weekend one? No, um... The thing with creators is is you, we want to try to help them keep their, their expenses as low as possible. So when creators are coming to us and telling us they're having to turn a bunch of work away, that then we'll look at it. But the one-day thing works, like we're, we're looking at doing another one in Huntington, maybe earlier in the year. Um, and then we're looking at maybe doing one in another city or two in West Virginia and kind of expanding out. And just do the one-day shows for creators to come in, people to come in, see what it's all about learn about the industry if they want to do it they can get behind a table you know and then just be done with it so you do the one and done i I like the one day i love two and three day conventions but there's something that's so special about that one day so uh like every year you guys have had your own tricon exclusive cover uh that you've released you can only get with the vip pass uh and then you can usually, what, purchase copies once you're inside. Uh, so what what brought about the idea of, like, just getting your own con-exclusive covers? 
I think it's a sense of legitimacy almost. Uh, I mean, like if, if that does sound, doesn't sound weird, being able to throw an exclusive Turtles book, which Nick did the coloring on the cover, like being able to throw that out with your logos on it. I mean, yeah. that prints inside every coffee ship worldwide. So when people open that book, the first thing they see on the inside interiors is regular cover, retailer incentive, convention exclusive. So it was really cool to do that. Well, and the cool thing with exclusive covers for conventions, too, uh, plays to that idea of the old school comic convention. You know, it, it's not just a gimmick. It's an actual book that's put out by Image or IDW or whatever that you have you. That's a special book that someone can put in their collection that they got for going to that show. You know, it's, it's a nice tangible thing that is good for everybody. It's good for the show for advertising. It's good for the collectors because they can get something that they could only get if they were there. And it's a lot of fun. And we started to branch that out too. So last year was the first time we'd ever done independent exclusives. So Broken Icon did three covers last year using professional talent. We used Drew Moss who works on a bunch of image books, a bunch of IDW books, Copperhead being one of them, Blood Feud. Um, he did an Ogden Falls variant for us. We did a exclusive of Among the Willows that um, Tommy Patterson, who did Game of Thrones, drew. Yeah. And then we did an exclusive of Ichabod, which is James Maddox, my business partner's book, that Daryl Banks, who did a 100 issues of Green Lantern, did. Yeah. And Nick colored all of them. And it was the first time ever trying it, and it went so well that we're going to do it again this year. I say, that seems to be like when I talk to people that – go to Tricon or anyone who even knows the name, that's one of the things that you hear a lot about is those convention exclusive covers. Uh, one of the other members of our podcast absolutely loves Army of Darkness, and when we presented him with that cover, he, he fell in love with it. Uh, so can I, can I get a little bit of info about this year's cover? Yeah, so we've got it. We're working on a couple, so we have two that's public right now, and uh, I'll let I'll let Nick do the the, the honors. Uh, the first one is uh, on actually on my book, uh, Rigel Rain. We've got Michael Maine uh, did a did a cover for me, and I'm coloring that one. I'm really excited about that one. It's a very very cool cover. And then we also have Among the Willows with Mark Kidwell, who did 68. Mark Kidwell is going to do a cover for 68. And we have a third one that hasn't been announced yet. Okay. Um, so, and then what is the date this year for Tricon? So June 2nd, it's the first weekend, uh, the first Saturday in June. Okay. Um, it's as it always has been big Sandy Superstore arena in downtown. It's only 10 bucks to get in. Kids under 10 are free VIP packages. We still have a few left. We only sell about a hundred of them, uh, because we give away a lot of stuff with our VIPs. Our VIPs come with free t-shirts, free VIP prints, free buttons, free totes, and one hour early access to the floor. And they're only 25. So, I mean, we... We have a lot of really cool stuff this year going on for Huntington. we got a lot of cool stuff coming back. We have the kit car. We have a, a West Virginia-built kit car that's coming to the show. We have Goblin Traders in Ironton, Ohio, is going to be doing live gaming again, and we're going to have contests and tournaments at the, the venue again. And we're going to have a really nice big display from the Mandalorian Mercs from the Blind Guard Division. Oh, great. So uh, I'm going to try to bring it to a close here. So everyone just heard that June 2nd in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, get your VIPs while they last. Uh, you get all sorts of cool shit. Uh, the exclusive comic to the for the convention, early access, anything that you could ask from an amazing con. Um, any info on what we can see in the upcoming years? 
or are you guys like year at a time? And right, then... right after the show ends, that and within the next couple weeks, we're gonna start doing some really cool announcements for 2019. 2019 will uh, will, will be really yeah. awesome. But definitely expect we got more we got more books already in the works, and uh, our stuff just keeps getting better. And uh, we got more creators coming on, and we can't wait to see what people think of it. Okay, great. Thank you guys so much for meeting with me. All right, thank you. Awesome. Good interview, man. Yeah. yeah uh, like, they were great to talk to. Like, yeah. he just seemed really friendly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and then I went in and, and talked to him uh, a little later, too, and yeah. uh, he he seemed uh, he seemed a little busy, but he seemed, yeah, he seemed nice. I liked him. Um, so, guys, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, of course, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you love it. Comment your thoughts on any of today's stories. And, of course, share this episode. I know you're not keen to, like, analytics and algorithms and stuff, but basically this is how it works. And, and I'm saying this for any page, not just mm -hmm. our stuff. If you're cycling through and you see something you like, like it because that is going to get it out in front of more people and i could probably post to our instagram like this is what a post looks like with 13 people have been reached nobody liked it nobody paid attention to it this is what it looks like when two people liked it 200 fucking people reached so yes it is important when you like when you comment it matters it gets it out in front of people so Absolutely. do that share all of that on social media do it my name is vincent herman vin the human james odell Alpha Specter, Bob Collins, Boba Fett, and the outro music still got it. Yay! The outro music's got it. Yay!